While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to our Patreon members. Uh, you guys make the podcast move. It helps me and Matt kind of run those production costs and things like that. Uh, if you want to get that oh, pod... Oh, did you really? Oh, thank you. Yes. That's so sweet of you. Um, <laughs> so for this week, we actually have uh, Leslie Brooks. And Leslie reached out to our show, what was that, maybe uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago or so? Yeah, maybe a month. Okay, okay. Uh, and it's so... time to get it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is oh, scheduling is, is really is really tricky, um, which is a, a nice little segue. If you guys want to also be on the show, you can email us. I promise either Matt or uh, myself will get to that, but it's classroombrew at gmail.com. And then we obviously have like the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter, and it's all just at classroombrew with no spaces. But um, so for this week, we have Leslie Brooks. So uh, you wrote a book called Education Frustration. It just came out in May. Uh, Aggravation. Or aggravation, I'm Education. sorry. I'm so used to the frustration part. But <laughs> the yeah. frustration is good too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, education, aggravation. And well, first off, a nice, a nice fun little title for it. But uh, you are now a retired teacher. But in terms of like getting a book together, what was that like of like finding the time to actually sit down and, and start to finish, plan, write, and finish up this book? Well, the book was kind of, bursting for me I mean it was like there were so many things that we would sit down the teachers like teachers and I we would sit down and we would talk and you know there are all these different things about students and parents and and the government you know and the, the administration for sure <laughs> and uh you know it's sometimes we say oh you can't make this stuff up <laughs> you know right and you can't Honestly, it's just, uh, it gets like so ridiculous. Oh, sure. And it, somebody said, well, we should write a book. <laughs> and I was like, Ever, that planted this seed in my brain that we should write a book, you know? And then nobody really wanted to write a book <laughs> because that they just wanted to be done with the whole thing, you know? Sure, sure. Once they were out, they were out. Right. Well, and, and for context uh, too, you're doing, I'm doing the lazy version of what you're doing. I just, I just sit on a microphone and talk with people about it. But you actually like went out and you did the thing like you said people don't want to write a book especially if they're getting out of it because it's exhausting i'm sure um what was it that was, process was, like though it was cathartic actually oh. i mean some of it just like flowed out of me i mean there were stories that just flowed out of me and i had to figure out how to connect them to where i was going that was <laughs> sure <laughs> where sure. am i going with this <laughs> you know <laughs> that was the hardest part sure sure um but then I wanted to cover like all kinds of different areas, you know, I didn't want it to be a teacher's complaint book. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, I wanted to try to lighten it up and, you know, I mean, cause the first thing my dad said was, Les, this is a rant. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not going to be a rant. 
I'm going to fix it. <laughs> now, was this like but he I read the title or he, he actually like read a draft of the book? He read the opening chapter. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Started out as a rant <laughs> <laughs> because it was exactly like, you know, everything I felt. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to incorporate that into something that wasn't a rant and was much more, you know, where I had some solutions and where I had some ideas mm -hmm. and uh, seg separating the, again, the administration, the teachers, the children, the parents, you know, the, the media, mm -hmm. you know, all of these different areas. So, and the government. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I had to really like start thinking very specifically about that and then backing up what I had to say, you mm -hmm. know, with statistics or, you know, sure. quotes. <laughs> Things. Right, which we always have to do. Anytime we speak from experience, there's always someone that's like, oh, I don't know about that. But um, exactly. Well, I guess a little bit of a little bit of background for you then. When when you were in the teaching profession, uh, where were you at? Like, did you move around a lot? What grades were you in? That kind of baseline stuff. I was actually in grades three through eight. Okay. However, <laughs> most of my time was spent in six through eight. Okay, that's quite a range. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, I think what really annoys me. Or one of the things that annoyed me, of course, is I'm a special ed, mm -hmm. special education teacher. And they don't, our school anyway, and actually some others that I was in, don't really take us, as, they don't see us as teachers. Okay. You know? Interesting. They see us as uh, uh, helpers. Oh, got. Is this like in a, a co-teaching setting or is this in like a... In like a co-teaching, well... I, I co-taught and I had individual classes right. depending on the level of students. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it would have been great had I been with the same teacher for a few years, especially the, some of the teachers that I got really, we, we just had such a dynamic together mm -hmm. in class and it was really working. But instead, they just moved me around from sure. year to year wherever they you know, see fit where they could stick me. Right, right. And unfortunately, this is how education works against you, is <laughs> that the more education that you have, like in terms of being highly qualified, the more places they can stick you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know? <laughs> you almost want to like hide those credentials sometimes to make sure they don't do yeah. that too much. Um, that's interesting too, that even at the middle school level, in your experience, it's kind of like sped teachers are thrown around. We have that too, or we have like one year they could be doing science, the next year it's social studies and it's English, then it's math. And then they're all over. And that's just for the or the courses that they teach. If they're co-teaching, it could be a smattering of all of it. And then there's, there's never any time, of course, because then you have to worry about any students on your caseload to write IEPs or do evaluations. So by the oh. time it's time to do the co-teaching part where it's like, theoretically you plan, or at least you know what's coming on. There's never any time, at least in our district, for our co-teachers to do that. Theoretically, that's true. I mean, theoretically, they think that you have time to get it together, mm -hmm. you know, but you don't. You have like the two minutes before class and the two minutes after, <laughs> but we had a team situation. But even in team, that wasn't the most important thing mm -hmm. because, you know, in team, they want to discuss this student, all the teachers want to discuss this student or that student. And even though it may be one of ours, we're not discussing what we're doing in class. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just kind of a, I'm doing what the main teacher has decided that she's going to do. Sure. And 
that's fine. I mean, I'm very, I'm very um, pliable or whatever that word is that mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Sure. Yeah. Malleable, pliable, flexible, any, anything malleable, that. Malleable, yeah, yeah. You've got to be all of them. Like it just that. depends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah. So, I and, and so I can adjust to different teachers, you know, and their subjects very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, but some subjects, like I'm, I mean, I'm highly qualified in social studies, math, and uh, language arts. Mm-hmm. Language arts being my favorite, math being my second favorite. And they always put me in science, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's like science was my worst subject, you know. But at the end, because you didn't have to be highly qualified anymore, they took that away. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you know that because you've only been there for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. About six so, years, yeah. Yeah, six years. So at one time when I went to, for teaching, I had to get highly qualified in any subject that I wanted to teach, gotcha. which meant that I had to get 15 extra credits in math and English and uh, social studies in order to be able to teach those subjects in middle school. Right, right. And I know now too, even for like substitute teachers, I don't know if you've heard this, but it's like if you have a, a pulse and a heartbeat now, not even a degree that you're letting anybody be a sub, which is... Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, I mean, it's so dehumanizing for teachers mm-hmm. that, you know, anybody can go into the classroom and teach, you know, oh, oh, like, let's, let's draft our veterans into the classroom and, you know, have them go at, go at it. Right. You right. To figure it out along the way. Really? Right. You just put me into a soldier's uniform, put me on the field, I'm going to have a little problem there. <laughs> right. And granted, I will say that a lot of, and granted, the pedagogical like courses that you take in you know undergrad or grad school, whatever, I do find value in that. But I do think there is a lot that comes from on-the-job experience. That's why student yep. teaching is so important. But I don't know about like skipping all that stuff beforehand and how effective. Uh, I feel like at that point, it would become an imitation of a teacher because everyone claims, and this is part of my frustration in parent conferences is I get told all the time, well, you should be doing this because everyone's the expert because at one point everyone was a student. Um, and it's not that simple. So I oh. feel like a lot of the times these conversations are, are circling around like, well, I've been there. So I know what works for my kid or I know it works for me which is completely neglecting all the million different things that we do on a moment to, not even day to day, a moment to moment basis. Like, I'm, yeah. have you heard of like uh, decision fatigue where they, they estimate the average teacher makes like a thousand decisions per, I don't know, like six hours or something like that? No, I didn't know that. It, it's something like that. <laughs> I mean, I can see that now. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like little things too, like, can I go to the restroom or how do I explain this? Or do I do I jump in while they're working or do I hold off on that check-in because they're on a roll? Little things like that uh, on top of everything else is part of that that huge fatigue. Right. And we have more than one student. Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's easy for a parent to say something to us, you know, about what their student but we have more than one student that we have to entertain, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, sometimes that that particular action isn't right for the class. Right, right. You know. Well, and just eye on the prize, like we have the big picture in mind. And I know that they've kind of debunked the whole like different styles of learning, like learning modalities or whatever, which I still kind of buy into that personally. I don't know about you, but. I do too, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like that's something too, that if you don't have that, like I'm thinking of my first couple of years there, I didn't necessarily have the greatest strategies to make sure I'm 
getting movement involved into my classroom, but then also I feel like visual and auditory stuff like that's easy. But consistently, all three things, that takes some practice, of course. But Well, not only that, but I mean, you know, one of the beefs, I, I, I don't know if I talked about it in my book, but I talked about it in a blog for sure. Okay. Um, one of the beefs is, you know, they, they hire teachers and it takes them approximately three years, I would say, if not four, mm-hmm. to get their stride. Yeah. You know, you really have to. You learn different things every year. What's going to work? What's <laughs> right. not going to work? Stay afloat the first year. <laughs> right. The first year is just like uh, trying things, mm-hmm. you know. And so is the second year. You try other things. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't work the first year. But this, as soon as that, then you're up for tenure and they let you go. Or they let a lot of people go. Sure. Or, or they burn them out, but yeah. <laughs> or they burn them out because they don't want, but they don't want to pay the money. Basically, you yeah. know, if they keep a teacher after tenure, that costs them more. Right, right. So um, it's it's a bad situation because it does take three to four years to actually get your get your thing going. You mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so and and granted, you have recently retired, which I'm assuming is what allowed you to free up some time to write this book. Were yes. you moving around a lot because of that? Because, I mean, you're highly qualified, you do everything, and you're in special education. So that's, I mean, nowadays, that's like they're going to pay you whatever you want. But in the past, that has definitely not been the case. Have you moved around a lot or stayed in one place? No, I stayed in one place for once I got, once I got tenure, I was, that's, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have possibly moved back. I was in three schools in the district already. Okay. Um, which I kept moving up in and that worked out well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I don't know why I didn't, I guess fear of losing my tenure was really what kept me in that school, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and also then, then after you get the tenure, you're going for the 10 years um, (laughs) so that you're vested. Mm -hmm. Well, and some people, they're going for that teacher loan forgiveness, which is five to 10 years in the same school, depending on where you're at. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, so to it's, like, it's like not easy to be jumping districts and move around. <laughs> I mean, there's reasons to stay right, right. in districts. But, uh, and also, I guess you get kind of used to the people and used to the kids <laughs> and, you know, yeah, you, things like that. We talk and, about and that a lot, yeah. It's, a, it's the... About, I mean, well, you, you know where all the demons are and all the skeletons are in the closet, so you can kind of navigate that easier. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's not that easy to develop relationships with kids, you know. And the whole thing is the primary relationship in school is the teacher-student relationship. Mm-hmm. And the teachers have so little to say. Like they're not really allowed to say anything. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Well, and I don't know if you found this too, but we, so we have a lot of social emotional support in our school, which is fantastic. But there are also people that are not technically qualified or licensed to do some of the SEL um, interventions. We'll call it that, which is me being generous. But uh, what it's become at this point is if the most important relationship, because I agree, is between teacher and student. It's a school after all. It's not athletic club. It's not, you know, a pullout group or whatever. But what I've found is that if there's ever an issue or an incident between a a student and a teacher, 
is that escapism becomes the only coping mechanism because they're being told by unlicensed people who, and a go-to person doesn't have to be someone who's licensed. I'm, I'm not saying that, but it's always, when you have an issue, just come and talk to me right away. It's never like coping strategies to stay in there, but these are essentially, and it all is well-intentioned, but essentially anytime there's any sort of conflict, whether it's serious or minor, is that the student then needs to escape to go talk to some other adult and then it just harms the, it becomes us versus them, them being the teacher. Yeah. Have you had that yeah. experience or is it more, I mean, mine is maybe a little bit too uh, granular, but have you had something similar with that? No, we have that at the, you know, the um, kid can get out of the class anytime he has an emotional issue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just, just let him come to me, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. let him come to me. <laughs> That's the exact and phrase. It made me cringe a little bit. Yeah, the kid, the the kid doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't want to do math. For instance, he doesn't want to do math. So all he has to do is say, "Ugh, I hate this problem. You know, I I can't <laughs> do this stuff." And then throw a little fit, and then you ha- he goes, "I want to go talk to my counselor." You know, mm-hmm. and you have to let him go. Right. Right. You no. Know? So it's like, well, I he did that. I can do that. You know, right, yeah, it, it sets the tone. Like, Absolutely. Uh, thing. You know, it's like going to the bathroom with your cell phone five times or six times, you <laughs> right, know, because right. your teacher yells at you if you pick it, you know, put it out in class. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I don't think that either of us are saying this to say that like we're, we're looking down on the student. It's that they've been allowed to do this. So of course they're going to like, I, when I was in elementary school, I pretended to be part of like the safety team where we helped the kindergartners who left early cross the street. And so I could get out of science class in like fifth grade. And I always would help one group cross and then I would just keep going because I didn't want to be in science class. Uh, Granted, that might reflect more on me than on my teacher, but it's something that was essentially allowed to happen. And of course I did it because I wanted, you know, that free time or whatever. Right. And the same with like student council, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, oh, student council has a meeting during this this (laughs) class. It's like, what? Two times a week. What? Right, right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I would love, like, I would love to have a student council. By the way, all they did was put up one bulletin board, and they didn't even finish it. But, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, we had a, a driven student council of oh, nice. you know the only kids that can do it. <laughs> right, of course. I'm not just, I you know, I am not for putting down students, but I really, really feel that students are just not oriented towards school anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like at home there's, there, you know, they say, well, well, this is not true for every student. So this is only true for at least half of our students, if not two thirds, mm-hmm. the two thirds of our students are not interested in being in school for school. Mm-hmm. They're interested in being there for social, you know, being social. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think back in, you know, back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> Kids actually went outside and had a social life outside of school. Sure. You know, they they saw kids, they they played outside in the streets and, you know, did all these things. Um, whereas now, if they're not on a sports team, they're on their phones right. in a game, you know, on a game. Yeah, it's limited. And so they don't have a social life, really. Which is sad. And I mean, the loss of skills of students... I, I used to also teach public speaking as my STEM. Okay, nice. And uh, the, 
you could see in the last five years, at least, that students could come in, they couldn't even say hello hmm. to me on a daily basis. Right. You know, and that was a requirement <laughs> for them to be able to say hello. How are you, Miss Brooks? Or, you know, or, you know, if I said, how are you? What are you, what's new today? Mm -hmm. You know, they have to come up with an answer. It was like, they, they just wanted to run, not look at me, run. Right. You know, this was like, okay, come back, come back, stay still. Now look at me, look at me in the eyes, you know. <laughs> Which is scary. Well, and it's interesting because you, you notice some of these issues. I don't know if you've ever had this, but you notice some of these issues that are, are popping up or they've been there persistently. And then you try to have like a parent conference, which is also another frustrating part of teaching oh. or aggravating part of teaching, if you will. And uh, it'll be like, let's say the issue is not being able to properly say hello or introduce yourself. You have a parent conference and it's the same exact issue with that parent. And you're like, wow. Like, and I know it seems obvious, like Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Right, exactly. But it's, it's even to the point where if I'm trying to have a parent conference about a student coming to first period and they smell like weed every single day, but then the parent shows up 30 minutes late to a conference and they smell like weed when they walk in. <laughs> it's a very systematic issue where it's like, okay, nothing's going to get solved here. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, and I don't know. I really don't know. It's, I, I think, and you point out, and this is also, and granted, I have not read it yet. It's still on the way. I guess we'll have to talk with Jeff Bezos about that one for Amazon. Yes, shipping, but um, <laughs> in terms of like the, the support you get from parents or the support you get from home, I feel like it's been deteriorating less and less and less, or sorry, deteriorating more and more and more yes. as time goes on. So- Well, that, that was one of my beefs. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, please do. That was one of my beefs during uh, COVID was that, you know, all these kids disappeared. They mm -hmm. disappeared from school and the parents couldn't help them or if they were helping, supposedly helping, <laughs> They were telling us they're there, you know, they're in your class, you know, <laughs> right. and, and they're not in my class. I'm telling them right. <laughs> they're not there. Or you I would even have I it too, where if you called home too, to be like, they should be in my class right now. They'd be like, oh, they have school today. And it's like, it's a Tuesday at like 10 a.m. What do you mean? <laughs> what is there school right. today? I know. I know. It, it's, it was very frustrating. And I really do hold the parents accountable for that, you know, and also hold the parents accountable for making excuses about why their kid suddenly couldn't be online. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them, some of them, yes, I will grant you that some of them had a hard time, but they're online all the time. Right. I mean, they're <laughs> on their phones. They're on the, in school, we use computers. Mm -hmm. It's not like this is something new. Right. You know? Well, and I, and granted, I'm sure, I've probably used the excuse to avoid a meeting or two, but uh, so uh, was the the first year of online learning, full online learning, was that one of your last year's teaching? Um, I actually went into the second year. Okay, okay. So, and you mentioned too that some of these some of these problems have kind of shown up more and more, especially the past five years. And you also said that the book kind of was just pouring out of you, like it was just like, this was so cathartic, it was easy to let this out. Do you have any like hallmark, whether it's from remote learning or in-person learning, like pre-COVID or post-COVID, whatever it may be, where you kind of saw these things were like, I should write a book about this, like those in-moment things that happened, even if it was 10 years ago, when you're like, yeah, this makes the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as before COVID, 
I, I even say it in my on my back cover, I think. Um, before COVID, this was already, I mean, it, we were poised to have something like this happen. You know, uh, just a education was being lost. Grades were being inflated like crazy, <laughs> you know, and that's something I've heard you talk about, you know, <laughs> the having, having to give students the D, right. you know, or whatever you can, or even in the last 30 seconds of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah calling you and saying, well, if he makes up the work, you know, can't you just give him a grade? <laughs> you know, and it's like, I, I actually, this happened to me in California. I was teaching there and I had a student who never showed up for class the whole year. I didn't even know who she was. Sure. She didn't show up. She had a baby, okay. which I heard about. And um, so she was taking care of the baby which I, this is where I heard what I heard at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And not when it's happening no, or when it's relevant. No, you know. no I didn't have to hear about <laughs> of course the whole not. year. But at the end of the year, they said, can you pass her? This is her senior year. And I was like, I, at that time I was teaching gym. And I was like, no, I can't pass her. I mean, I can't pass her. I, if you want to pass her, you want to go to the principal over my head, you can do that. But I cannot pass her because right. I don't know who she is, even what she looks like. I've never seen her. Mm -hmm. So the next day the girl comes and pops her head in. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you even get in touch with me during the year? And she was like, I don't know. I never thought about it. I was really busy with the baby, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just said, you know, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry but you're going to have to go over my head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else could you do in that? I mean, we talk about this all the time where even if it's an excused absence, it's still an absence. It's still on you to take care of your stuff. And it that right there goes back to, I mean, granted, this is now a teenage parent, but this goes back to the parents in this case to help their child navigate a very complicated and real adult uh, situation. And it sounds like that wasn't happening at all if she never even considered to check in with her gym teacher. Well, not only that, but I mean, what about the rest of the teachers? Mm -hmm. I mean, what about, why didn't the guidance counselor tell me? Why didn't, right? you know, this is the other thing. This is, and I've noticed it more, not, you know, more in the last several years that everything is a secret now. <laughs> it's yes. like, you know, the guidance counselors can know and the principal can know and the vice principal can know, but don't tell the teacher. You know, right. it's like, wait a minute, I'm the other one dealing with the kid. You don't even know the kid. Right. You know. And I'm I'm empathetic I'm to that with like. I'm sorry, like, I don't want it to be heavy. <laughs> no, no. Well, and I, I'm empathetic to that because I, I w came from a hospital setting when I was an undergrad, which is how I kind of got started in education. And I'm all, right. I'm fully aware of like HIPAA and, and privacy and, and uh, all those important things that protect the patient or in this case, the student. But the key thing with HIPAA is that if it's essential personnel, that are directly involved with, in that case, the patient, or in our case, the student, they need to know. Like It's a need-to-know basis, and in this case, teacher does need to know, but they aren't thinking of it that way. Even no. for us, too, and it's funny you mentioned that because I've been uh, sort of complaining about this to my my fellow teachers. We have our, our little complaining sessions. Um, of course. Uh, <laughs> Lunchtime. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, where it's even disciplinary communication, 
where if something was escalated to the school-wide level, that's fine. We're not telling you what to do at the school-wide level, but just tell us what you did. Did you call home? Did you have a conversation? Did you, you know, award, bad way to put it, award an in-school suspension? Like what, just tell us what happened. That's all it is. And there has been a complete communication breakdown, which is like any bad sitcom. It's always a communication breakdown that leads to the third act of the movie. Like, what are we doing here? We know how to solve these issues. Oh, yeah. And well, especially, I mean, our administration, I feel like they don't want to tell us because they didn't do anything. You know, (laughs) that's true. That's the thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, I talked to him and, you know, told him that you shouldn't do that again. But this is the fourth time he's done it. Right. You know, right. Yeah, that's that's the classic, the age old, uh, age old thing. Even for someone that's only six years in, I've heard that at least a million times uh, in my short time. Yeah, but. I mean, it's it's a scary thing that, I mean, our our administration has gotten more and more lax as far as discipline goes, mm-hmm. and you can tell when you come to our school. I think because there's kids running and pushing and screaming <laughs> outside the principal's office on their way to lunch, and he's just with his head down writing like you know yeah, yeah then if the teacher says slow down too loud he'll come out and say you know you shouldn't have yelled at that students because you just added to the chaos or something <laughs> yeah the pendulum is and the pendulum probably could have swung a little bit more toward you know helping out the students but i feel like it swung a little a little too far <laughs> too far uh, uh, right, exactly. that way uh restorative justice is great but it's kind of been corrupted by just let them do whatever, and then we'll just we'll work around that, which is yeah. No, I I mean I love that the book. Uh, what is it? Spirit Bear, Finding Spirit Bear, or something? Oh, I've heard of that. You one don't not. know it? No. Oh, no. it's about oh, it's about a restorative justice system. Oh, okay. Okay. Doing well um, or doing poorly? <laughs> he was very violent. He did Got something it. very violent. Okay, I'll have to look that one and, up. And uh, their idea was to to ban him to an island oh. by himself. Interesting. Uh, it was an. In, I mean, I think there was some uh, in, in Indian American Indian influence in it. Okay. Um, but it was it was a fab, fabulous book, mm-hmm. and it's very has you know very spiritual overtones. Sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I think it's a great system if you can if you have the people again to be consistent with their dis- with their discipline or what they think you mm-hmm. know and again we don't have that in school we have you know a principal who says oh you know i'm not good at disciplining so it's not happening <laughs> you know right or poor delegators at least you know something that's right and then, then we had a vice principal who came up from the cst team who now is the principal in the elementary school which is really where she belongs okay because the the kids in the middle school are too rough for her, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. They've gotten a little too big for her to handle, I guess, at that point. But Exactly, exactly. Well, and it's interesting, too. I mean, all these things, whenever I, I talk with teachers on the podcast or just in general, it's always the same, like, handful of things or whatever, which I'm sure speaks to the strength of your book. Uh, do you have any, like, major, like, uh, like landmarks in the book where, or, or topics, rather, where you think, like, yes, so many teachers, or if not all of them, are going to relate to this, like, what does the book kind of center around? I know it's not just like a, a venting and complaining session, but what are some of those topics that you were like, I want to dive into this versus ones where you're like, I'm going to stay away from that. Oh, well, the common core, that was one. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, I, 
I, I, I like the Common Core for what it says, but it has nothing to do with the students that we teach. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is the most frustrating about it. The Common Core is written way above the heads of the students that we teach. Um, they just don't get it. You know, they don't get critical thinking. They don't know how to think anymore because of the all the hardware, software. <laughs> Digital phone, age, sure. Computers, yeah, all these things that they use. Um, so it's out of touch with the kids. Um, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one area. Politicians, politicians don't know anything about school. Right. You there, know? Are, there are bosses, essentially. <laughs> They've become our yeah, bosses, that is. They do. Um, so that's another area that I, I find. And the media always is, I think after COVID, they became kinder, a little kinder to teachers. But before COVID, they were always looking for the one teacher mm-hmm. who, you know, did something bad in the classroom, like, sure. you know, picked up somebody's desk and moved it. Right, right, you right. Know? <laughs> Although I do think it swung back the other way because then when it was returning to work and there was resistance because of safety concerns, then the media just flipped back on T. It's like we went right back to the start. Oh, we were absolutely. heroes for like two weeks. We were heroes. And then after that, it was, oh, those horrible teachers don't want to Those horrible work. teachers <laughs> that didn't want to, you know, expose themselves to COVID. What is the matter with <laughs> right, that? You, which, and by the way, this is uh, a miracle that at this point, between coaching sports and teaching, I don't know how I haven't gotten it. I got my fourth shot, so I got another booster like on Friday, and it is brutal. And this is all all just to make sure that I don't get this again. But when I have students that like are mandated to wear a mask because they were exposed and they could be a carrier, they're still resistant even years into this pandemic now. But that's as a whole separate yeah. I could talk about that for an hour. So I mean my neighbor came home like the second day of school with COVID. My mm-hmm. the she's like what five, six and she gave it to her dad, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's not so much the students getting it. It's because there's not been a lot of death and destruction around the students. Right. But it is the older people who are getting it. And, yeah, I can see why they don't want to go to school. Right. You know. Oh, that's I what mean, I, I, I try to frame it that way, where it's like, hey, I know that you're not going to, you know, you'll be fine. I'll probably be fine. But if I want to go visit my family, like, I'm out of luck. Like, Please just abide by the mandate that they are telling you for two weeks. That's it. That's all they're asking. Right. I mean, it's, it's really, it's hard. I mean, I find, I, I find this, the schools and the administration was very hard on teachers and we had, we had hybrid teaching most of the year and that was really difficult (laughs) um, because you had one group of students online and one group of students in the classroom at the same time. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> and it's hard to teach. You have the students in the classroom and they're there and you really want to be there for them. So it's hard to teach online because you want to be there for them too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave them out. They're here. And so it's hard to teach and when you're stuck in front of a computer screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah. That was a rough, and we didn't, uh, the year after, so we did most of our, our, well, what was it? The spring semester where we did the last like month and a half or so where it was online, but it was just thrown together. There were like no expectations. 
Then the following year was mostly uh, or was entirely remote up until like the last month. And that was when it was hybrid and it was horrible. Uh, and then our district, thankfully and also unfortunately, elected for in-person only. There was no hybrid option, uh, oh. which in terms of my ease of <laughs> teaching, I appreciated that. We had some kids that were sent hybrid for a little bit for, you know, COVID concerns. But that was a rough trying to work both ends of it. It was near impossible, <laughs> if you could believe it. So, yeah. It was, it was a very difficult, the whole thing was very difficult. And I appreciate that the parents didn't know how to help their kids. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know, they're five, five, six, seven year olds. They should be able to be there for them mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, they had to work. I, I, they have to leave them with somebody who can kind of guide them, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's a tricky balance, and it's it's uncomfortable for us because we, at the end of the day, we have to get something done for these kids, and so when we're not getting that support to get it done, like, but we still have to be understanding, and it, we're just we're stuck in the middle as always. Oh, unfortunately. yeah, and and when it started <laughs> out, there was no organization. I mean, they didn't even know what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it ended up that we did the periods online, which was like you can get up from your seat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> for like eight hours right it was like you know two minutes between classes and <laughs> oh what a weird time yeah that was that was odd and granted i was for sure that was the healthiest i ever ate because i had time to eat but yeah that was such a weird time just kind of throwing it together oh, yes yes I don't miss it, so i mean i didn't i i didn't focus on covid in my book because i just felt that things were happening before oh, um yeah. i mean the, the critical thinking thing is I mean, it's, it's something that we have got to get rid of phones in schools. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just a beginning. Mm -hmm. And my district was even just made the paper actually this week oh. uh, because they're thinking about how they can get rid of <laughs> right. know, their thinking. <laughs> yeah. And that's been a, that's been a conversation for years, like those little pouches where it's got like a lock or little lockers for them. And it's just been... Right. And, and so one board member came up with the brilliant idea of just leaving it in their pocket. <laughs> well, it's like, I never thought well, of that. They, <laughs> they leave it in their pocket and they take it out every two seconds. You <laughs> right, know, it's right. like, what are you talking about? Right, right. I just, you know, I, oh, it's kind of like so punishing for them not to have their phone, but it's really <laughs> important for them to not be on their phone all the time. Right. Or to be on any kind of, uh, you know, internet or media. Right, right. It, they, they need to be in person. They need to have that ability to relate to people. And, and that's what has been missing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in our, it's, they, they just don't know how to act with each other. Sure. You know? And we've tried to um, utilize phones. Everyone, there's things like Pear Deck out there and interaction oh, yeah. with it, but it just, it hasn't to this point worked at all and i think if that's the case then knowing your population you have to adjust and we can be as understanding and flexible you know as any human being in this world can be but it is at this point it might not be for every single listener out there but it's for sure it's undermining uh the whole education experience oh it looks like we just we lost leslie for a second let's see if we can get her back here there you go got your back oh, yes 
uh, you froze. Oh, and gotcha. I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, the the, the phone thing where we left off, that's for sure. Well, and even just now, some, some technology woes, and we still had to navigate that as, as teachers yeah. at the time. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Especially I guess, with COVID. You know, that was... With oh, the COVID, it, it was even worse. It just, it just highlighted <laughs> the stuff that, you know, like a root cause analysis. We were seeing the side effects during COVID and after, but they were, like you've been saying, they were popping up years before, um, but no one believes us at the time. It's not till it, it hits them in the face, but. <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. So you, um, at this point, as a, a now retired teacher and soon to be best-selling author, uh, do you have any moments <laughs> from the classroom where like, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to miss that part of it? Oh, yes. I mean, I I have kids, of course, that I reached <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, would give me a hug almost every day, even though you're not supposed to touch kids. Mm -hmm. They're, that's another stupid um, <laughs> rule, you know, that some kids just go, they want to hug you, you know. Right. And you think, oh, my God, this kid is touching me. Oh, my God. But <laughs> Yeah, the panic that sets in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, for the most part, there are some great kids out there. I mean, they're, that, that's what I'm there for. I mean, that is what I was there for. Mm -hmm. And that is what made me quit, essentially, was because there were less and less of them that really wanted to learn mm -hmm. and, you know, thought, class was great and fun and whatever. Um, it's not that they didn't think it was great or fun, but they wanted to all be fun. You know, right. it all has to be fun. Right. That's another beef of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard wake up call but, when you have to tell kids like, Hey, not everything in life or school is going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. So, I, I mean, you know, that's part of what life is. And, and to me, that's what school is about. It's about teaching more life skills like communication is a life skill, you know, um, and being able to uh, just get through the bad times and, you know, or working hard. These are things that everybody has to do in mm -hmm. life, you know, and that's the kind of things that we need to learn and teach how to learn, you know, because all our lives we're going to be learning, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether we like it or not. I mean, there's, <laughs> There's things. Well, if you don't, just become a politician and then you can decide what happens in schools <laughs> and, and then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the book is called Education Aggravation. Uh, I think I saw it on Amazon. Where else can they can they uh, find your book, Leslie? Well, pretty much they can get it at, uh, well, there's several bookstores. It's also on the book list um, for like Barnes and Nobles and, you know, any, any regular bookstore, they can order it mm -hmm. uh, if they don't have it already. Um, so basically you can get the book if you want the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can also check out Leslie's website. I think it's lesliekbrooksproductions.com. Uh, and there's some contact info. You have some pictures of your, your, I'm assuming cats, those are yours, uh, links and reviews and stuff like that. Um, you mentioned yeah, there's some, a, I have a blog that I do, uh, basically every three weeks or so. So I don't want to bother people too much. With <laughs> <laughs> is that for the mailing list that you have on your, your website or is that uh, a subsection yeah. of the, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I mean, if, and, and you don't have to go to the mailing list. I had one person curse me out on 
Facebook <laughs> because she's like, anybody who makes you go to the mailing list to see what's there isn't worth it. And something about, you know, being a Trumper or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. you, like, you, you have made a connection here that's not here. Yeah. And I, I like the artwork, by the way, for the, did, do you have an artist that did that or did you freehand? It's like a, like a cool chalk design of someone with their, their head and their hands. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, a friend of mine and me designed it. Mm -hmm. And then I had somebody work around our design and play with it. Mm -hmm. And um, they came up with the chalk. Got it. You know, we That's had great. an actual person there. And uh, yeah, chalk teacher. It was. <laughs> it uh, works. Yeah, it works for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want it to be, again, I didn't want it to be heavy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, light, funny moments in the book, you know, but, um, and I just, so that's why I chose to kind of go with the cartoonish. <laughs> to lighten it up a little bit. Well, and I should say too, I mean, if, if you guys don't have the book or if you aren't, if you haven't Googled it yet, but it says education aggravation, the retired teacher's view from the trenches, and then below it, it says a call to action. So it it's not just... Um, you know, a rant session. There's you. You try to be proactive in the book. So, I can't wait to read it. I'm hope. I mean, it was supposed to be here on like the 30th of September, but here we are on October second. Uh, the episode will come out, I think, on Thursday. But uh, hopefully, Jeff Bezos gets it together. So, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, that would be great. I um, I encourage everybody to read it. I mean, especially a lot of people encourage parents to read it yeah. because oh, there's yeah. a lot of um. A lot of advice that I give there that, you know, I, I like akin like to running around a restaurant, like kids, don't let your kids run around a restaurant. It's right. dangerous, number one, you know, <laughs> and number two, that's part of your, they're, ta they're teaching, you know, how to sit still and be, and act in public. And, you know, that's a prime opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, oh, and like, actually, you know, many years ago, people all ate dinner together too at the table. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Instead of just throwing something at the kids, you know, till the husband gets home and the, whatever. Right. And that's another prime place to teach kids and to have them join the conversation and get enlightened on what's happening in the world, you know, even if they don't understand it. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Avoid, it's, avoid throwing the iPad at them and, and see what happens. <laughs> just converse with <laughs> right. them. Right. Exactly. Talk? What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Leslie, thank you so much for, for jumping on. I know it's a it's a Sunday, so that's kind of a, a tricky time. I'm glad we got it scheduled, though. Um, you guys can yes. get Education ag Aggravation anywhere you get books. You can also go check out Leslie's website. I'll put it in the show description as well. Uh, but again, thank you so much for being on. This was and awesome. And some libraries will have it as well. So, Oh, fantastic. Keep. Okay, that's great. Got to keep those alive for sure. Um, <laughs> I'll for sure at some point, uh, once I get it, I'll, I'll give it a read and then uh, we'll talk about it on here. So maybe we'll do some sort of a follow-up at some point. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, no, thanks so much for, for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> oh, good, good. Anytime, anytime. Just reach out and we'll, and we'll have you on. Okay, thank All right. you. All right, thanks. take care, Leslie. You have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Have a good day, Ryan. You too. <laughs> All right, guys, so that was Leslie, uh, Leslie K. Brooks. You can check out her book, Education Aggravation. Uh, again, we it, it is ordered. I am saying that from, from the jump. I did order it. It is not here yet. Jeff Bezos, you owe me. I have Prime, what's going on? But uh, thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, I think whether you're a, a teacher or a not teacher or a former teacher or you're 
wanting to become a teacher, because we have all types of listeners on here, um, it seems like it's going to be worth a read. So I will, I will check it out as a current teacher um, to let you guys know. But again, anywhere you get books, I mean, support the you know authors that are writing good work around the world. So uh, education aggravation for sure. Uh, big thank you to my Patreon members. If you want to be a Patreon member and get some of that podcast merch or that bonus content, go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. And there's like a $2 or $4 and a $6 tier or whatever it might be. Uh, at Classroom Brew on social media and classroombrew at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, guys, when I'll see you for the next episode, class dismissed. This is Classroom Brew.